Lord, we submit to you right now. Lord, I believe you have just gently, just gently moved, ebbed, and flowed. And Lord, I believe you've given me a thought this week, Lord, that will impact lives. So Lord, we want to submit to you. We want to submit to you, Holy Spirit. You are a whole lot smarter than we are. So Lord, I submit to you, but I ask you also to use me as a vessel. And I submit myself to you in that regard. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, w- I would like you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to take a few minutes, maybe 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, but I, I want to build some faith in your hearts this morning because I've had one, two, three, four people tell me what they believe God was saying and it's all powerful, and it's all with respect to the song that Joshua had, he's a good father. (laughs) He's a good father. Look around at somebody right now, and just look at them and say, I have a good father. I I have a good father. I have a really good father. Hallelujah. If you're in 1 Corinthians 2, I'm going to get there. But one of the people came to me, my mother-in-law, and she just said, we have a good father. We have a good father. And I believe this morning, God wants to demonstrate his power, his fatherhood into you and onto you this morning that will impact you. And I believe it's going to cause you to look at things differently than you've looked at in the past. And that's why I was stirred to come up during worship. My wife came to me and said, God, God, he's a good father. Actually, I didn't write down your notes, honey. Your voice resounds in my head, but I forgot what you said. But you were were emphasizing what Pastor Nelson said. God wants to give you favor. Who here has ever experienced favor from an earthly father? Okay. You know what? There's some of you that haven't necessarily experienced favor from an earthly father. And so when we talk about it, sometimes there's almost an impasse. You go so far and you say, I'm with you. And then all of a sudden it's like, how can that be? Because what we do is we look at it through our experience, which is natural. That's how God created. He talks about the natural and the spiritual. He uses the natural to emphasize and explain the spiritual. But the enemy has come, and what he's done is he has destroyed a huge uh, element in our life, and that's family, fathers. I am huge on fathers. And what has happened is he has destroyed a fabric of what God has caused to be good and set in order to establish families. And what it has done, it has caused when his anointing flows, sometimes it's like it hits a roadblock. It's like, how can I, 
I want to believe it. I want to, but all my experiences tell me I'm going to be led to disappointment. If I was up here right now, and I don't have my wallet with me, but there are some of you here, if I took a $20 bill, because that's the only one I got in my wallet, but if I had a 50, you know those nice red ones? Oh, I like the red, I like the brown ones too, the $100. If, oh, <laughs> oh, now see, I wasn't going to give this away. Now God's working on. If I tell you, I can give it away. Thank you. That's what a father does, by the way. That's what a father does. <laughs> Look at my children. <laughs> and they get, they get whatever they want. There are people here today, if I was to say, here's $50, you wouldn't take it. Because you'd say, no, you're just going to take it away. Hmm? The God that we serve is a good father. The God that we serve doesn't say, here it is, now I'm going to take it away. We sang he gives and he takes away, but that's not in the context of what we're talking about. God will only take away from you what you don't need. He's there to help you. Okay? He's not a bad God that says, oh, I'm going to, you're having too much fun. And this morning, God is, he's pouring out. He's pouring out. And there are some of you here that literally, if I walked up to you and said, here's $50, some of you would think, no, I can't take it because he's going to turn around in five minutes and take it away. Because that's how you've grown up. That's, that's the father figure you've had in your life. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing or I just want to give you a picture of a good father, a heavenly father. I'm looking around right now for who should get this. God hasn't highlighted anybody with, 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 uh, with the dollar signs. Actually, he highlighted one person, Lexi. Could you come here? You're the, you're the one that God just showed me a picture. This is yours. Now, I'm going to give you an instruction. You talk with your mommy and daddy what to do with it. And you listen to them. Okay? But this is yours. You keep it. That's what God wants to do for you today. So you're, are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 2? We've been talking about a supernatural summer. And I believe God wants you to walk in a territory of the supernatural and his favor. By the way, um, Josh... Can you just look outside the door and tell me how, if it's dry outside? Okay. I had something funny, real, hap- real funny. Is it dry? Awesome. Awesome. We got a church picnic this afternoon. 
And my app said that it was supposed to thunder. And I got real bold because a number of years ago, God gave me a little exercise. And he told me to speak to the clouds one day when I wanted to go golfing. <laughs> okay? And I spoke to the clouds and it didn't rain the whole game. And we were at Whistler. And if you know Whistler, when the clouds comes, the rain follows. And as I was getting up, as I, as I was looking at my app yesterday, you know what my expectation was? My first expectation was to believe what I read. I saw, what I saw? I saw thunderstorm. And then God said, David, what do you want? I want all of you at this picnic because we're going to have a blast. But I want to be able to sit down on the ground and not walk up with a big black spot on my behind. <laughs> so it was like, I don't want to just enjoy the picnic. I want no rain. Amen. So you know what I did this morning? And I'm pretty sure those who have coordinated the, the, the picnic has, have as well. And if you haven't, you will next time. I looked outside and I said, you're not going to rain till 5 o'clock. Am I crazy or am I crazy? <laughs> you can count on your father to, to, to reaffirm you. I am crazy enough to believe that I can speak to those clouds and say, you know what, you do whatever you want, but you hit Grant Park and you're in trouble. Grant Park is going to be dry. And it's not just going to be dry from one to four, but we need time to clean up afterwards. So it's going to be dry till we're ready to get in the vehicle. So when you get in your vehicle, get ready to turn on your window wipers. Come on. I believe in a God that doesn't just want to demonstrate some amazing power. I believe he's a practical God. He is so practical, we miss it. This week, Pastor Nelson gave us a phone call. And he had, he had a mechanical issue with his vehicle. I, I've got an example of a good father. You know what he did? He gave my son his vehicle. Hallelujah. I didn't have to give my son a vehicle. My father-in-law gave my son a vehicle. He's a good dad. But there was a mechanical issue. And he wasn't sure how to fix it, and he called up to the place, and, and he was expecting dollar signs to come, because every time you go up there, it's like $75 just to walk through the door. I mean, I, I'm afraid to open up the door at those places, because it's like, he got you, sign on the dollar, uh, dotted line. When he went to bed that night, the Holy Spirit gave him a dream, showed him how to take the part off of the vehicle, showed him where the bolts were going to be. He woke up in the morning, and he says, and he does a lot of mechanical things. He says, I woke up and I was never as certain as I was in the morning. And he says, he got up. He says, and I'm going to take, he says, I talked to, to Louise, mom. He says, and I'm going to, I told her, I'm going to take that part off. And within 15 minutes, he had the part off. Hallelujah. Have you ever fixed your vehicle? Have you ever had somebody fix it for you and it cost you an arm and a leg? <laughs> Anytime I can save an arm and a leg, I'm in for it. Then he goes to the store. See, God doesn't just want to do one thing for you. Okay? Pastor Nelson says that God wants to pour out his favor. 
God doesn't just want to say, here's a little dab will do you. I believe in a God that wants to give you so much that you have extra left over, bubbling over. Not that you waste it, but that you give it to other people and you show them how good your dad is. So not only does he get the part off, but then he goes to the store. And if I understand it right, he thought it was a, a different part. And this guy comes into the store with his dog. And Pastor Nelson's standing at the counter looking at the part, telling the guy at the counter what he needs. And the guy says, no, that's not what you need. This is what it is. Oh, the guy with the dog. As Pastor Nelson's talking to this guy, now this is funny. This is funny. The guy says his dog told him to go to the store. <laughs> huh? Has, has your dog ever got you to do something? Come on. God used a donkey. You know, Balaam says, donkey! But the thing was talking. God will use whatever he wants to, to get you to where he needs you. Now, I haven't even got to my sermon yet. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to paint this in together with God's favor. And I want to read the first five verses of 1 Corinthians. I'm reading it out of a different version, the English, the English Standard Version. I don't know if you've got it there, Kirsten. You can put it up, and if it's different, please just bear with me. But this is Paul writing. He says, And when I came to you, brothers, and, when, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in, listen to this, in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. God wants to demonstrate His Spirit and His power today. I believe He wants to touch anybody here that needs a touch of His power. Whether, it needs, whether you need a word of wisdom in your business, whether you need help in your finances, whether you don't know what to do in a relationship, whatever you've got, a career decision, whatever it is, I believe God's here today to touch you and give you an imprint and an impact of His power. Anybody here ready to receive? If you're ready to receive, i got to see it. Hallelujah. Awesome. Awesome. He says, I, I didn't come with plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Listen to this. This is crucial. That your faith might rest not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I'm not here to give you some fancy speech. I'm here to show you the power of God because you must build your faith on His power. If you build it on man's power, you are going to be sorely disappointed. So I've got a few points I want to give you this morning. And then I believe, Pastor Daniel, as, as I told him I needed, I felt I needed to preach right away. I, I, oh, there's an expectancy in my heart. 
Man, if you did an x-ray of my stomach, it would not be still. It's, God wants to pour out his power. And I believe he wants to touch you so that you can touch somebody else. But if you have your power based on some wisdom of man, you're not going to help your neighbor because he doesn't need man's wisdom. He needs God's wisdom. If you continue reading this chapter, and I may preach on it next week, but you read the kind of wisdom God gives. I believe in wisdom. I believe my life has been built on wisdom. But the wisdom that I want isn't manly wisdom, it's godly wisdom. God's wisdom is better than manly wisdom. So I want to give you a few points. And then, and then we're going to have a couple songs of worship. And then we're going to have announcements and an offering. And then we're going to dismiss. I didn't hear anybody say amen. How do you, how do you display the, the power of God? First of all, just right out of this passage... He says, I didn't want to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's where you start. It says, it says that Jesus Christ was the cornerstone. If you build your foundation on anything other than what Christ has done for you, you're building it wrong. Amen. And I used to be in construction. And I know from experience that you build the foundation to suit the building you're putting above it. The size and the structure and the stability, the design of the foundation determines the extent of the building. I'm here to tell you this morning, I feel strong in my spirit. We need to start walking in His power. Not in my power. His power. The amazing thing is he ties his power to me. It's, it's, I can't explain it. When you look at Gideon, it says, the sword of Gideon and the Lord. David was the one that hurled the stone, but God was the one that gave it its trajectory. And it's amazing when we put it in the right the right. Um, process the right order, what happens is God comes alongside of you and all of a sudden crazy, ridiculous, redonkulous things happen because you're walking in His power. And I believe too many of us, myself included, walk in our own power. The first thing I want you to see is when you talk with somebody, bring them to Christ. When you talk with somebody, it's about Christ. Now, I don't mean you have to stand there and go, do you know Jesus? Because I believe in building bridges. But when you build a bridge, what happens is you give them access to your life. And they start asking questions. Jesus made a difference. Can I pray for you? You don't have to give them all 28 laws. You don't have to give them the Ten Commandments. Sometimes it's just a matter of just letting them know you're going to pray for them. I was in the cancer ward a couple weeks ago and this lady was talking my ear off and thank God she was ahead of us so she was finished first. And as she left, I said, I'll pray for you. 
She had no idea who I was. But I believe God's going to touch her. He says, he says, not only that, but he says, it's the testimony of God. Then he goes, speech and wisdom. You know what? Sometimes it doesn't matter what you say or what you're doing. It's who you're representing. Now, I believe in representing God well. Okay? So don't make a mess of our Savior. Come on. Smile. I believe God's going to touch you this morning. I know there's people here that need something from God. I know there is. And you're going to get something from God this morning. Because he likes to bless his kids. I just want to give you a picture of faith that you will take this and go further. He says, he didn't, he says I didn't come with a speech and his message. And Paul could have. Paul was trained. Paul was trained. He was like a scholar. But he decided to put all that aside and just to show them the power of God. And I love this, but in demonstration. Anybody here ever taken a demo car for a ride? I have. Actually, Pastor Nelson, he takes a demo car not for a ride for a week. I, I take it for a ride. One time I went in to take it for a ride. The salesperson said, I want to sit beside you. And I'm thinking, oh, great. How can you try it out when the salesperson's there? Pastor Nelson, he says, here's my license. Take a picture of it. Here's where I live. Here's my first month's rent. I'm going to drive this thing for a few days and try it out. I'm just kidding, but he'll try it. He'll drive it. But why do you take it for a demo? You take it for a demo to experience what it is. This word demonstration, you know what actually God wants to do? He wants to get ready for this. He wants to show off. <laughs> he wants to show off. Like that's not religious at all. God has no problem showing off. His disciples once said, hey, is that child, is he blind because he sinned or his parents sinned? God, Jesus... You look at how Jesus talks about things. He didn't worry about the past. He worried about it going forward. And he says, no, he's going to get healed so that he can glorify God. Jesus is all about bringing glory to his Father. And he wants, God, want, God wants to show off. I've got a dad that likes to show how good he is, how strong he is, how mighty he is. Because he's not weak. He's not poor. He's not lacking. So he says, I came to give you a demonstration. Last week, Pastor Nelson, and I've noticed this is Pastor Nelson, one of his passions is to see you affected by the power of God. And I welcome that every time he preaches. And I don't care if Pastor Nelson preaches and all he does is come up and say, God wants to touch you. And then he says, you come up here. I want God to touch you. I'm okay with that. Because what he's doing is he's demonstrating God's power. God wants to demonstrate. He wants to give you a little trial run 
in Psalms 34, verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that God is good. Who here wants to taste and see? I've been saved literally all my life. I was born almost saved. I went to church so often that I actually threw up in church. I, I grew up in church as a child. God wants me to taste and see that He's good. Let me see here. I want to give you a couple things because I'm running out of time. A demonstration is the act of presenting something to sight or to view to establish the validity of something. God wants to demonstrate his power. Why? Because he wants to establish the validity of something. Some of us sometimes need a demonstration of his power so we establish the validity that he is a powerful God. And Paul is writing to the church here and he's saying, this is why I came. I want to demonstrate what God is good and his power and his might. The word power, it's the Greek word 1411, dunamis. And, and we've talked about this a lot, but one of the words that it is, is the word force. God wants to give you Listen to this, his force. <laughs> Are you ready for that? God wants to give you his force. Star Wars, may the force be with you. <laughs> you know, and we have that little thing and we think, and, and, and they think they got the power. No, God wants to say, may my force be with you. And when you look at the word, if you look in the definition, it says figuratively and literally. So figuratively, God wants his force to be on you, but he also wants it literally. One of the words for the word glory in the Old Testament is weight. When God's glory descends on people, sometimes there's a weight or heaviness of his glory. Not in a bad way, but it just in an overwhelming, overpowerful, or overwhelming way that just consumes you and just goes, wow. This morning, I believe God wants to pour out his force. He, he wants to pour out and he wants to force his force on you. Can you imagine walking around Seven Oaks Mall, the mall out in Chilliwack, and walking out of your vehicle and say, I've got the force with me. And then walking in the store and actually thinking you have the force. Come on. I believe that. I believe my bicycle. When I'm on my bicycle, I believe the force is in my shadow. I wave at people. They think I'm waving at them. I'm just trying to extend my shadow so it will hit them. I believe we're going to see resurrections. Man, God's been stirring my heart. He wants to put his force 
So I believe God wants to pour out his spirit on you this morning. Whatever your need is, God wants to pour it out on you. Why? Because I believe he wants to touch you. But I also believe that he wants you to take that with you and affect anybody and everybody that's around you. I mean, if it just touches you, that's great, but that's not the full potential of what God has for you. I got two more things I want to say, and then we're going to get the worship team, or actually a few more things. (laughs) That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. You know, where your faith rests, you live. If your faith rests in the power of God, that's where you live. That's where I want to live. I want to live in the power of God. I want to live in the relationship with God. I want to live in His presence. I want to live where He's at. I don't want to live in some wisdom that I have or that I thought of, or that I came across, but I want to live where His presence, His power, His ability, His force resides. And he says that your faith would not rest on man's ideas, but on the power of God. What do you believe in? Last week, Pastor Nelson used this phrase, you've got to believe what you believe. We believe in healing. Do we really believe in healing? I believe in the raising of the dead. God's challenged me this week. Do I believe in the raising of dead? Come on. I believe in the power of my shadow. And what you believe in is where you live. I know there are Christians that do not believe in the power of God because they live a powerless life. Not a you here. Because you've been fed, taught, and poured into about the power of God. But if you were to close your eyes and think about some people that call themselves believers, and they are believers, they believe in God, but they don't understand or realize the power of God. You live where you believe. What was one of the other? I thought that was a good one. That's why I... I, um, You live to the limit of your faith. You live to the limit of your faith. This morning, my faith is being stretched. Because I'm expecting something to happen to every single one of you. Every single one of you, I'm expecting something to happen. Because the power of God's going to come and He's going to pour out on you. Amen? Worship team, can I get you back up here? We're going to sing a couple more songs. Josh, I don't know what songs you have, but I want to encourage you as we worship. And I don't know if we're going to pray for people or not. That's not necessarily in my mind at this moment. But what I want to encourage you, if you want to get a touch from God, you've got to push in. If you want to get, sometimes you've got to press in a little further. 
You've got to do something you didn't do before in order to get something you haven't had before. So I want to encourage you, if you want to come forward, this area is open. We call it the river. I believe God's going to pour out. And you say, well, I'm still a little self-conscious. Then I want to encourage you to do something where you are that you haven't done where you are before. Whether that means raising your hands. You say, what's the act of raising your hands? It's an act of obedience to God. It's an act of surrender. It's an act of receiving. Sometimes we do physical things that represent a natural or, I mean, a spiritual application. That's why I'm saying I'm encouraging you to come forward. But if any of you need a touch from God, if any of you need a touch from God, we're going to sing a song or two, Pastor, Nelson, uh, Pastor Daniel's, and I'm going to take, take the uh, transition to the offering and the announcements, and then we're going to close. But I want to take a few moments to press in because I believe God wants to touch your life now in a powerful way. And if you'll get past the barriers, if you'll get beyond yourself, if you'll get past what you used to do, if you'll get past the limitations of people saying you can't do that, but if you're desperate enough to receive a touch from God, do something that goes beyond what you would do normally. Whether that's coming forward, whether that means I'm going to press in and worship. Usually I raise one hand. Today I'm going to raise two and I'm going to raise them the whole song. And you say, well, that sounds funny. It's not funny. There's something serious about it. Amen. If you want a touch from God, I want to encourage you. Stand up. Hallelujah. Come forward and press in. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we release, we release the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, it's not man's power, it's not our wisdom, but it's your power. Lord, we release that now over every person here. I just ask for you to come, to fill, to be with us.